mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's the coolest event of the year for tech junkies. What's new and next in the world of technology, and what will be the hottest gadgets of the year ahead? We'll get the scoop direct from CES 2023 in Las Vegas. Also this morning, happening around town, having fun with Legos at this month's Fun Day Sunday at the University of Findlay's Mazza Museum. We'll get details. And a preview of upcoming shows at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts to kick off the new year. Executive Director Heather Clough will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, January 5th, 2023. So, a new survey finds that seeking therapy is the top New Year's resolution in most states, in the most states uh, in America. Uh, This is a a survey that was conducted by Zipia, which is an online job search agency, and uh, they crunched the numbers... Uh, and I'm not sure exactly where their numbers come from. I think it's like Google searches for uh, resolutions uh, in a, on a state-by-state basis. They uh, crunched the numbers, broke it down by state, and they came up with a list of the most popular resolution state-by-state. And seeking therapy is the top of the list for 12 states. <laughs> seeking therapy. May, that may tell you something about how 2023 is going to go. Uh, losing weight was the top resolution in eight states. So among the states where therapy is the most popular resolution, Arizona, Florida, Missouri, <laughs> Missouri, New York, New Jersey, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Pennsylvania. And uh, if you think about uh, some of those states, I'm not surprised, uh, surprised that they need therapy. <laughs> in some cases, especially after the year that they just had. Um <laughs> so that's not the complete list, but Arizona, Florida, Missouri, New York, New Jersey, Louisiana, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, among those uh, saying that uh, seeking therapy is their <laughs> number one uh, resolution. Uh, losing weight is number one in Ohio, also Indiana, Kentucky, and West Virginia. So apparently uh, those of us here in the heartland uh, looking to... Lose a little bit of uh, extra pounds, a few extra pounds. Um, Although I thought this was kind of interesting in Michigan, the number one resolution, uh, it says dating. And so I don't know what that means. I I have no idea what that means. Dating. Does that mean starting a new relationship? Uh, Giving up dating? I don't know. It just says dating. So dating in general, I guess, is the resolution in Michigan. That means um, if you are looking to eat healthy in 2023, you might want to turn your music down. <laughs> um, a new study from the University of South Florida, USF, found that blaring music loudly was associated with unhealthy food choices. Um. What they did is they looked at participants in a cafe setting where low music or no music was being played, and that resulted in healthier foods being chosen by the patrons of said cafe. Uh, Then they had a group in a cafe where louder music 
was playing, and that led to a 20% increase in greasy or unhealthy food selection. Professor Charles Spence said they conclude that high-volume music enhances excitement levels, which research has shown leads to unhealthy food choices. So, uh, what's the old saying? If it's too loud, you're too old. Uh, if it's too loud, you're too fat, apparently, is what it actually uh, is. So, to stay on track for your uh, fitness goals, your healthier eating goals, try listening to your favorite songs on a lower volume, they said. That's- Or you can just go ahead and uh, forget about it entirely. Whatever your resolution is, professor from the University of Rochester says that you are better off just throwing your lofty goals out now because very few will ever get accomplished anyway. So forget about it because it ain't going to happen anyway. Instead, he says, to change things up and make yourself happier... This expert on motivation and well-being says you should resolve to help others in the coming year, and that will be better for you personally in the long run. Richard Ryan is his name. He is a professor emeritus of psychology at the University of Rochester. Says that goals which include giving back to others will likely be the most satisfying resolutions to make for yourself. So think about it. Uh, If you consider how you can help others, and there's certainly no shortage of ways that you can help others. There's a lot of distress out there in the world. If we can set goals, he says, that aim to help others, those kinds of goals will in turn also add to our own happiness and well-being. Think about that. If you've ever done something nice for someone else, it makes you feel really good as well. So you want to add to your well-being in the new year. Forget about making goals for yourself. Instead, resolve to help others, which will make yourself happier. I like that. I actually like that idea. That is very nice. Uh, Let's see. What else is going on in the world? Oh, um, speaking of helping others, maybe you can help your kids break their addiction to social media. And yes, we use the word addiction intentionally. A new study out of the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, says uh, that uh, adolescent brains uh, are actually rewired by social media platforms. Whether that's intentional or not, I guess you can decide for yourself, but social media actually can rewire adolescent brains, basically addicting them to the likes that they get on social media. During that developmental stage... There are significant structural and functional reorganization changes going on in the adolescent brain. Neural regions involved in motivational relevance and effective um, become hyperactive, orienting teens to rewarding stimuli in their environment, particularly from their peers. Now, to translate that into non-science speak... It basically is they are saying that uh, kids are on social media. They're doing it for the likes or the hearts or the thumbs up, and it becomes an obsession. Uh, They said uh, the more young people check their social media apps, the higher risk they have of this. The UNC 
Researchers say our findings suggest that checking behaviors on social media in early adolescence may tune the brain's sensitivity to potential social rewards. And by contrast, if they're not getting the likes, they can view that as punishment. And uh, so Eva Telzer is a professor at the UNC Chapel Hill's Psychology and Neuroscience Department says our research findings suggest that children who grew up uh, checking social media more often become hypersensitive to feedback from their peers. So uh, maybe you can help your kids uh, break their addiction to social media. That would be a good thing. I think it would be a good thing for all of us. So, um, This I thought was kind of interesting. Speaking of amazing science, a new study out of Brigham, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston uh, has disc- uh, demonstrated the effectiveness of a vaccine in curing, and I use that word hesitantly, I hate to say curing cancer, but uh, it is they, they say that they have a vaccine that shows great promise in treating brain cancer. Now, I know vaccines have been very controversial since the beginning of the pandemic, especially, but would, and people are, some people uh, are very uh, hesitant and distrustful of vaccines, but would you get a jab to cure brain cancer? This vaccine works, they say, by genetically editing cancer cells. Um, They demonstrated this on uh, rats in laboratories who had glioblastoma, which is the most deadly form of brain cancer, and the results seem promising. They said they are repurposing cancer cells to develop a therapeutic that kills tumor cells and stimulates the immune system to both destroy primary tumors and prevent cancer. Currently, the uh, treatment for this type of cancer includes surgery and medication, but that could change sometime uh, in the future. Pretty amazing stuff there. Pretty amazing science. And one of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to uh, start your day, the first things you need to know this morning. You know, you probably uh, heard stories about how too many plastics, the amount of disposable plastic we use uh, in society, is contributing to uh, harming the planet. We're creating too much plastic waste. Well, a new study out of India suggests that... One day, plastic packaging could be replaced by, are you ready for this? Transparent wood. Transparent wood. It says here, annually, 400 million tons of plastic waste is produced worldwide, but transparent wood could help solve this eco-crisis. Um, it's, uh, they say it has very good strength but is lighter in weight, and it is uh, eco-friendly because it's a natural product that, that breaks down, obviously, much quicker than, than plastic does. Per, uh, Professor Anish Shathoth, the Indian Institute of Technology, says, In recent times, transparent wood has been used in construction, energy storage, flexible electronics, and packaging applications. Apparently, transparent wood was created in 1992. They use very thin slices of wood. Um, and again, it's, it's very strong, um, but uh, lighter in weight. Hmm. 
production technology would uh, need to improve uh, to see it put into widespread use, even though it was first created back in uh, 1992. Transparent wood. I've never heard of such a thing. It's been around for 30 years and 30 plus years. I've never heard of this. Uh, I don't I don't see a whole lot of transparent trees out there. <laughs> see through trees. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I, of course, then I, if you could see through them, would you know that they were there? I don't know. Anyway, as transparent wood, what would I think of next? There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories. Get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Increasing clouds today with a high of 40, a chance of a few snow showers tonight, a low of 31. Investigators say there appears to have been no link between a woman and the man who fatally attacked her at her workplace on New Year's Day. Investigators say a woman was randomly attacked by a man with a machete while she worked at that store in Upper Sandusky. Police arrested the man who they say is responsible for this attack. 27-year-old Bethel Bakel is now charged with murder. He's due back in court a week from today. Onan's Angela Ann reporting. Get more on the website. Hancock Public Health this week will begin offering a combined COVID and flu vaccine clinic on Fridays. The health department's Shannon Chamberlain talking with WTOL 11 says no pre-registration is necessary. I heard a lot of comments on trying to get in a pharmacy and get online and register was just such a process for that elderly population. So having them be able to come in here, still do it on paper like they want to, and then get the flu vaccine at the same time. She says people should bring a form of ID, insurance cards, and COVID vaccination card with them. Hancock Public Health is at 2225 Keith Parkway in Findlay. Ohio House lawmakers have picked a Republican from rural southern Ohio as the GOP-led chamber's next leader after support shifted away from a different state representative. State Representative Jason Stevens of Kitts Hill near Ironton in Lawrence County was elected House Speaker with more support from Democrats than from his own party. He beat out Derek Marin from the Toledo suburb of Monclova, 54 votes to 43 as the new two-year legislative session began. Minority leader Allison Russo, a suburban Columbus Democrat, says members in her party voted in unison for Stevens, feeling they can work better with him. Dave James, in News. Blanchard Valley Health System says it welcomed its first baby of 2023 on Monday, January 2nd at 4.17 p.m. BVHS took to their social media to congratulate the new parents, both Finley residents, on the birth of their son. And BVHS says people thinking about growing their family can schedule an on-site tour of labor and delivery or a virtual tour. We have a link to the virtual tour with this story on our website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So for anyone who is not familiar with CES, which used to be short for the Consumer Electronics Show, now they just call it CES, it is the coolest event of the year for tech junkies. And since so much of our lives now revolve around technology, joining us to talk about what is new and what's next, what will be the hottest technology of the year, is award-winning tech expert Andrea Smith from CES 2023 in Las Vegas. And again, Andrew, a little background on this event. It started in the late 60s, early 70s. Over the years, every major development and advancement in technology from the VCR to virtual reality has been introduced at CES. This is a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, you know, this is where they, they figured out you know, VHS versus Betamag 
Blu-ray DVD versus HD DVD. I mean, OLED, one of my first shows that I came here was the first OLED display that I saw. So, yeah, this is a big deal. And every year, there are distinct trends that emerge, almost like a theme, not designed that way necessarily, it just kind of works out. What are the trends that people are buzzing about this year? Well, we're talking a lot about AR, augmented reality, and the metaverse, and robotics, but gaming just continues to explode. There's so much going on in the gaming world. LG has delivered realism and responsiveness with the debut of its Ultra Gear OLED 45-inch curved gaming monitor. This is the world's first 240 hertz OLED monitor, so you're getting that incredible LG picture quality with a blazing fast refresh rate, and the sweeping curve display just immerses you in the action. And while most of the products here at this show will be out later in the year, Mm -hmm. this is actually available now. Wow. So, again, uh, we talk about what is new and what is next. Some of this stuff is actually happening right now. Um, and and it, it's not just for gamers. I mean, obviously, that's a big part of it, as you said. But this is for uh, everyday folks a- as well. The smart home uh, continues to evolve. I remember when that was one of those cutting-edge science fiction kind of trends years ago at CES, and now we have smart options on all of our home appliances. What is new for the smart home? So there's a lot new in the smart home, and it's always there's always new devices to make our lives more convenient. But what's really cool this year is LG is really helping us personalize them. So the new LG Studio Refrigerator is with Mood Up technology. It has technology that lets you set your tone in the kitchen by changing the colors on the individual LED door panels. Okay, so you can use the app on your phone to change the color of the door panels, which is so much fun. Um, you can choose a theme. You can like make a healing theme, which has soft tones and hues and create a nice calm space for when the kids are doing their homework and then when you're cooking dinner and you need a little like rhythm to get going chopping the onions and the celery there's a bluetooth speaker to match the music (laughs) so you play your music and the fridge panels will sync and change colors in time with the music wow that is really cool. Uh, what is some of the uh, other stuff that you are looking forward to uh, seeing at uh, CES this year? Well, you know, I love gadgets that make my life easier, like OtterBox phone cases. And this year, there is CES Innovation Award honoree for the Otter Grip Symmetry Series. It is a protective phone case that you know and love with a built-in grip that pops out when you need it and stays flush to the case when you don't. So, like, you can slip it in your back pocket. It does double duty. You know, you can use it to add MagSafe accessories on if you've got one of the OtterBox power banks, which if you don't, you should. Um, Wallet, three-in-one charging stand. And then something we're all thinking about this winter, especially here at a very crowded indoor show, air quality. We're seeing companies like Carry Ion that has a portable air purifier small enough to carry with you on a plane or to a gym class. The USB power device protects you by removing cold and flu viruses or bacteria, mold, and allergens from the air and from surfaces, creating a safe zone up to 20 feet in diameter. 
Wow. So really cool uh, stuff uh, being shown off uh, this week at uh, CES. Now, one thing that I am curious to kind of get your take on, Andrew, we had a, a story yesterday on the program about how consumer demand for VR and anything involving the so-called metaverse kind of cooled off uh, a little bit in 2022. And with so much new technology coming at us all the time, kind of rapid fire, uh, it's it's only natural that some of it will stick, some of it will end up just being a fad. Which category is the metaverse going to fall in, in your estimation? You know, I don't think I don't think we know yet. I mean, there are companies pouring millions, billions of dollars into um, building out the metaverse and trying to stake their space in the metaverse. Mm-hmm. I think that it is viable. I think that with the AR glasses, um, you know, we're, we're going to be able to interact in the metaverse. But I think until it comes down to a consumer level where it's like, why would I actually want to use this? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it won't yeah. take off yet. I, I wonder if it's kind of like autonomous vehicles. I remember it, that seems like another one of those things that maybe the excitement about the possibilities of the technology maybe got ahead of the technology itself, something that we will likely get in the real world eventually, but maybe not as soon as perhaps we first thought. Right. I think it's going to take time. I think that a lot of issues need to be worked out, mm-hmm. you know, safety, privacy, um, regulatory if, if that's needed, and uh, it'll take time. But, you know, look, you know, it probably takes about a 10-year lifespan before something like that trickles down to where your average consumer is going to want to use it. Yeah, well, that's, again, one of the fun things about CES is that you get a really early look at some of the uh, technology uh, that we'll likely be talking about way uh, out into the future. And lastly, I want to ask you about this because it's always fun, along with the first look at the technology that will undoubtedly dominate our lives in the future. There always seems to be some novelty stuff, stuff that is wild and wacky, really people thinking out of the box, almost deliberately wild and wacky. What is the craziest thing that you have seen or heard about that you're looking forward to seeing? Well, the craziest thing that I saw, I was at an event last night. Yesterday was media day. And there's a lot of companies that are making, um, trying to combine robotics with health. And I don't remember the company, but it was, it was like a stuffed animal, a robotic stuffed animal. And if you put your finger in the mouth, it was a pulse ox reader. <laughs> and it was probably one of the craziest things I've seen yesterday, but I'm sure there will be a lot more crazy stuff. <laughs> I'm sure. Always a lot of fun. Again, uh, award-winning tech journalist uh, Andrea Smith with us from CES 2023. Uh, Andrea, thanks very much for getting up real early to be with us uh, out there in Vegas uh, this morning. Where do we get more information about all of this? Oh, you can head over to d6news.com slash CES Media Today, and it's just always a pleasure talking to you, Chris. So how much fun is this? Going to have fun with Legos at this weekend's Fun Day Sunday, the University of Findlay's Mazza Museum. Ben Sapp from the uh, Mazza Museum is with us in the studio this morning. 
Uh, talk a little bit about, first of all, uh, for those who are not uh, familiar, the uh, Fun Day Sunday uh, program. Uh, talk a little bit about what this is. Sure. Fun Day Sunday is a day truly for families. It's a art and literature, uh, hands-on based uh, day mm-hmm. where families can come with children from preschool up through really grade eight. Um, and really experiment, uh, be creative uh, together mm-hmm. with hands-on activities throughout the day uh, from one thirty, or sorry, one to three thirty. And uh, there's a different theme for uh, every one uh, of these, and and this month's is Legos. Who doesn't love Legos? Exactly, it's one of our most popular. Matter of fact, we've we've brought it back uh, several times in the last uh, many years. Sure. And uh, people come from all over the state. They come to visit grandma and grandpa uh, around these days. Mm-hmm. And Legos seem to be a very popular uh, Ab- part. Absolutely. Kids of all ages will uh, get into all of that. And again, very hands-on, obviously. Now, how structured uh, is this? Because uh, I know there are a number of things that are uh, involved uh, during the course of the Fun Day Sunday event. Sure. Um, this one is being sponsored sponsored by Dr. Edie Wanamaker, a former educator who just sees the importance of creativity in the learning process. And, and of course, the arts is very much a part of that. But Heather Sensel really has a detailed focus uh, with maybe 25 different stations where parents can come uh, with their children. Uh, they're, They're short. The activities are short so that they can move along and go from station to station and really experiment with uh, the many different opportunities for the day. And this is a free event. It's free and open to the public. We encourage you to register just so that we have an idea on how many to expect. Okay. And you go to the Maz Museum website at the University of Finley to to do that. And again, this is all happening this Sunday from 1, one to 3.30. 1 to 3.30, yes. And uh, best to be there for the entire... I mean, you can certainly fill a couple hours, you, <laughs> no problem. You but. can. There's some parents that... Uh, nap time is during that time so they come either before or after but uh you're more than welcome to come and stay for the entire event all right uh so that is uh this sunday um a couple of other things that this is not the only program that you do uh there's a tales for tots uh program this is uh, still a ways out it's like the uh first of february is the next one right the first of february is a tales for tots that's for young young children mm-hmm. um really birth to preschool uh, up to okay. kindergarten yeah and we have a lot of parents grandparents bringing children it's a story time music uh, there's some there's some hands-on activities as well uh, but it lasts about a half hour okay uh, and that runs from 11 to 11:30 okay so uh, if you have a little one you can uh, circle that on the calendar and then coming up at the end of February you mentioned this now because uh, people can already sign up uh, for it you have an after school program the steam club and this is for geared at middle school age youth right you right uh, the middle school really uh, grades five through eighth um, and it is a, a part of our uh, new Conda Steam Center at the University of Finley, uh, where we take college professors and their college students, and they come and they interact with these younger students from the uh, surrounding areas, and really doing some innovative and creative things uh, with science, technology, engineering, of course, art, and math. 
And uh, again, people can sign up for this. It is a six-week program, begins at the end of February. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, there's more information on the website. Talk a little bit of how uh, all of these programs sort of tie into the mission of the Maza Museum. I mean, as most folks know, I think we talked about it before, uh, the museum established as a way to showcase and preserve the art uh, associated with children's picture books. Talk a little bit about how these programs can tie into uh, that larger mission. Sure. Everything that we do at the Maz Museum has a connection back or a tie back to the art found in picture books. And we use that as the foundation for anything and everything that we do. Uh, so th- you'll see many things this weekend at Funday Sunday that re- reflect back to the art found in picture books. And the creative process that's involved that these illustrators are working with day to day to create their their picture books, as well as the uh, the steam camp, uh, there will be many things that reflect back to the art found in picture books, along with um, with the students almost not realizing that uh, during these these evening uh, from six to seven thirty. Uh, programming each week with uh, different professors and these are not the only things that you do either i mean obviously you have the gallery there's the museum there are the programs and you do an awful lot of things that maybe we don't talk about uh, as often with respect to uh, some of the um, uh, i guess outreach programs i'm not sure if that's really the right word but uh, getting out there and promoting uh, literacy and so on and so forth so yeah, well, in education and so on. Sure, um, everything. We we really the museum is a is a resource for people of all ages, from birth to really seniors. Uh, we're doing something right now with um, dementia patients and using mm. picture books to take them back into a time that they can remember and have fond uh, memories of. And so we have uh, volunteers from the hospital that are helping those patients to illustrate those memories and then we have those on display there at the maz museum Mm. Um, but again tying that back to the art found in picture books uh, is where we're uh, coming from in in that program it is really a tremendous uh, gem of the community Uh, and if you have never been great way to get yourself introduced to the maz museum would be fun day sunday and again that is coming up this sunday having fun with uh, legos for kids of all ages um, and that is an absolutely uh, free event. Also, looking ahead a little bit further, coming up in the in the summer months, you do a summer conference. Uh, you have a, a steam camp uh, and all of that. Folks can get more information. Is are you taking signups for those yet? The, we do. Uh, in June, we have a steam camp. Uh, in July, we have a summer conference. We also have uh, one of the author's husband, John McCutcheons, is a is a musician, a singer. He will be doing a concert uh, during that week oh, on awesome. July 18th. And then the following week, uh, we have an art camp. Uh, so there's a, a lot going on at the Maz Museum all year long, and we'd love to have you be a part. Uh, we're very grateful to be a part of this wonderful community and the University of Finley that has enabled us to be what we are today. So thank you. It is, uh, like I said, it's a gem in the community. If you've never been, uh, you can check out more information about the Mazda Museum at our webpage. We've got the link up and uh, more information about all of these uh, activities that are going on. But again, the uh, next one coming up is on Sunday, the Fun Day Sunday. Fun with Legos. Ben Sapp with the uh, Mazda Museum, the University of Finley, with us this morning. Ben, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. 
Apparently, they are starting off the new year in uh, Pennsylvania with uh, a big problem. They uh, have a problem with uh, houses exploding. That's... <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a, a story out of the Philadelphia Inquirer. It says one person had to be hospitalized after a, uh, a recreational vehicle exploded in Chester County. Uh, this was... Tuesday morning, I think it was. Um, let's see here. First responders alerted the blast right before 8 a.m. According to Chester County Dispatch, uh, a propane leak uh, believed to have caused the explosion. Uh, the fire marshal is investigating. Um, but the blast, the story goes on to say the blast comes two days after another explosion rocked the Port Richmond neighborhood in Philadelphia in the early hours of New Year's Day. We're not even we're not even a week into the new year and they've already had two home explosions in uh, in Pennsylvania. That blast which leveled two homes uh, around 3 a.m. on Sunday was also suspected to be from a gas leak. Uh, that uh Incident sent fire, uh, five people to the uh, hospital, shook surrounding homes, shattering window glass, pushing nearby vehicles and spreading debris into the street. Somebody might want to look into <laughs> what's going on uh, in and around Philadelphia to start off the new year. <laughs> had two explosions less than a week. My goodness. <clears throat> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news. This from Sydney, Australia, where a cow had to be rescued not once, but twice in the span of 24 hours. <laughs> this, is, this is one bad luck cow. Firefighters rescued the bovine as it was wandering through a mall in Caddens, Australia, and, uh, which I guess is outside of uh, Sydney. And then they had to once again rescue the same cow. When it got stuck in the mud on the grounds of Western Sydney University. <laughs> this cow is not having a very good year so far. To pull the cow from the mud, firefighters had to use a hose to fashion a makeshift lasso, which then they threw around the cow's neck and gently eased her out of the mud. Officials are attempting to locate the cow's owner. <laughs> That's the other part. They don't even know where this cow came from or who owns this cow or <laughs> uh i'm guessing that after the cow had to be rescued twice in 24 hours the owner is probably in no hurry to uh, come forward and claim claimer um this is a uh, postscript on the christmas <laughs> on the christmas holiday a mom uh took to social media to complain about a shocking discovery that uh, shocking discovery about a toy that her nine-month-old got for Christmas, uh, Mama Bear Mama Bear Ash is her name on TikTok. That's her uh, screen name. I don't know her real name. Um, Ashley is her first name. I know that, but other than that, I anyway. She uh, recorded. Uh, she posted a video of a toy phone. That her nine-month-old uh, got for Christmas. Uh, she said she bought it at Walmart. It was sold at Walmart. And she asks Walmart for an explanation. Because when she 
And the phone apparently is intended for babies, but when you press the buttons on the phone, it's supposed to make uh, you know noises and play songs and all of that. Instead, you press the button and it tells inappropriate jokes about Christians, the Amish, and drive-by shootings. <laughs> wow. Uh, (laughs) Ashley demands in the video that Walmart explain themselves Um, (laughs) nobody has been able to come up with a uh, satisfactory explanation that is wild and you get that I'm wondering if somebody at the the factory where this was uh, produced did it as a joke and then somehow it escaped the factory and got into the uh, product. You just happened to uh, to get that one. Weird. <laughs> Telling inappropriate jokes to babies. Um, what else is going on? I told you, it's kind of a, uh, a light day for the uh, broken news. Not a whole lot of dumb stuff going on here, but we have a couple of other items. One from Japan, where apparently they are offering to pay families to relocate Outside of the city of Tokyo, they want them to move out of the city as the uh, capital city of Japan deals with overcrowding. Starting in April, families are eligible to receive around $7,700 per child to move to less populated areas in order to help revitalize the countryside and boost the falling birth rate outside of the city. Plus, I'll leave some of the overcrowding in Tokyo itself, $7,700 per child. It is not the first time the government has used financial incentives to get people to move out of Tokyo, but this program is the most generous generous to date. The city currently has a population of around 37 million people. Wow. That is one huge city. They just don't uh, have any more room. They want people to get out. We'll pay you to leave. Isn't that interesting? I mean, a lot of places uh, are, are dealing with shrinking population. And they need people to move in, and here they're trying to get them to move out. And uh, f- finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, a convenience store worker in San Antonio, Texas, has been arrested for allegedly stealing more than $31,000 worth of lottery tickets. From her own store, Myra Rios is facing charges of fraud. The 37-year-old store worker was caught on security video activating rolls of tickets, which then she pocketed for herself. The Texas Lottery says she won more than 21 grand with the winning tickets, which were all cashed at other stores. So at least she was smart enough to try and cash them somewhere else. But did she not think that they were going to catch on to this eventually? I just don't understand. There you go. That is today's broken news report. And the odd and unusual side of the headlines, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. 
Radio. It's on. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, So a new survey finds, this is a survey conducted by one poll. Uh, They asked 2,000 parents to describe the numerous challenges they face in managing their households. And uh, they say Thursday is the day when today, Thursday, by the time you get to Thursday, this is the day we're struggling to stay afloat, (laughs) managing our households. Um, The data says, uh, suggests that families are most likely to eat dinner together on Wednesday evenings, 51%, and Tuesday evenings, 50%. Those are the most uh, common days to eat dinner together. Uh, Although... They also say those are the same days they are least likely to have a plan for dinner (laughs) on those days. (laughs) Uh, Those surveyed named Monday as the day when they are most likely to be on top of everything, 23%. Thursday, 16%, uh, which is the highest. Thursday said that's when they're struggling to stay afloat. Can you relate to that? The most challenging months for families out of the year. Right now, at the beginning of the... You would think that it would be maybe the holiday season when things are so hectic, but no, the results find that for many parents, uh, February is the most challenging month of the year. 33% said February is the most challenging month of the year. Um, March and January uh, ranked second at 28% apiece. So the most challenging months are... Right there at the beginning of the year, January, February, March, with February being the the most challenging of those. Uh, Although many kids have their calendars filled up with after-school activities like dance classes and sports games and sports practices, most of those in the survey believe themselves, believe themselves, the parents, believe themselves to be the busiest members of their family. Even though the kids are always, you know, it's always hectic getting the kids where They need to be at the right time and all of that. Most of those in the survey believed that they themselves are the busiest member of the family. 76% uh, said that. I just thought it was interesting that uh, Thursday is the day. Today is the, the day that we are most struggling to stay afloat. Heather Clough is with us in the studio this morning. She is executive director, of course, of the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. The preview of some of the upcoming shows to kick off the new year. January is actually going to be very busy. January yeah. and February. Yeah, we have a lot going on to kick off the new year. So people are, you know, over the holidays now. Jump right into it yeah. here. Um, you've got a, a show that is coming up a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Maybe uh, folks. Uh, not heard about this, don't know a whole lot about Step Africa, which is uh, next week, right? It is. It's yeah. next. It's the 11th. Okay. And it is, so it's a tradition of African dance that actually originated with the African-American fraternities and sororities in the United States. Okay. Uh, very athletic, very percussive, um, big picture, like very energetic. People won't be able to sit still. It, it, this simple, similar to uh, like Stomp? Um, more African American based, African based, but okay. yes, okay. Yes. So, um, I mean, it's that's more about making music. This is more about the dance. I see. But there's a lot of clap. And okay. 
Yeah, a lot of audience participation. Okay, all right. So uh, <laughs> this will—it sounds like it would be one that even just watching it will wear you out. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll burn calories watching the show. <laughs> well, the, you know, it's interesting because all of this—it uh, it seems like all of this and the emphasis on on dance and and um, dance as uh, part of pop culture—you uh, trace that back to Riverdance, which was really right. really big a few it years ago, did. and then yeah. you see a number of these sort of evolve. Yeah, the traditional that, yeah. dances that evolve into today's culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. This has been around a long time. It's the first professional dance company to focus on step dance. Hmm. So they're they're okay. fantastic. Very I'm good. to have them. Uh, so that is uh, Wednesday, and tickets are still available. Tickets are that. still available for that. We have a school day show that morning, and that is sold out. So we have 969 kids coming to see it that morning. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, so uh, Wednesday evening, and that uh, show starts at 7? 7, 7. 6.30, actually. 6:30. We did a family time for that okay. one. All right. So uh, a couple of other things that you've got going on in the uh, month of January, and the Live at Arms uh, series production of The Brother Brothers. The Who Brother are these? Brothers. Who are the Brother Brothers? <laughs> they were a folk duo. They're actually twin brothers. They're from uh, Illinois, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I have wanted to book them for years. I've seen them at conferences. Um, and I chased them through three different agents and finally got them to come to Finley. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stalking works is yes, what you're saying. Yes, it does. It's, it okay. does. Absolutely. Right, but this nice, mellow, very the opposite of Step Africa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you need uh, so if you need to catch your breath after, you can go to uh, to both. Exactly. Um, have a couple of uh, uh, stuff for younger uh, folks of the uh, youth theater night of one acts is coming up at the end of the month it is yep they're rehearsing now we've got mm-hmm. about 25 kids involved um and that's in arms hall so it's a nice small space okay and they do a, a bunch of different one act plays uh and again one acts are it's a, diff- a slightly different animal than a full-blown production it is yep so there's not a huge set or anything and mm-hmm. i love one act plays actually yeah. i used to direct back in the day and, and i always used to love because you can really concentrate on the character yeah and- i i remember when i was in high school we did a, a night of one act plays uh with the uh, drama club and each uh each class the uh, freshman sophomore junior senior uh, and it was a competition oh, and that's fun. yeah it was a an awful lot of fun and that was kind of my first introduction to one act plays right. uh and it is it's a lot of fun they're yeah. very different and you can so. involve a bunch of different kids mm-hmm. you know because yeah not every show has a ton of people in it. yeah uh and this is not that it is not a uh, competition necessarily right. but no. it is uh, a night fun. of one act <laughs> yeah uh, and that is on uh, january the 20th and 21st. 21st. Yep, two nights. Okay. Uh, another uh, Spark Series uh, production for uh, kids, The Ugly Duckling, yep, which the Ugly everybody Duckling is familiar with. Fourth. Yep, mm-hmm. we have two shows of that. Tickets are still available for both of those. And those are schools come, but also like preschool kids come, home schools. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun to see those buses lined up in that parking lot. And uh, this is, is this primarily for school-aged children? Or would this be uh, good for those who are not quite in school yet, like four or five? Yeah, Ugly Duckling is fine. Some of them, some of our Spark series go a little older, but the Ugly Duckling is fine. Okay, all right. Uh, One that is distinctly for uh, older, uh, an older audience, uh, adults, the uh, Comedy Jam from the University of Finley. I know that's always a big event that you actually host. Right, so University of Finley books the comedians. This is the 22nd year, um, but it is at MCPA. Mm -hmm. And you say they're for older, and they are. However, the the comedians are always very clean, too. Yeah. Because the university picks, you know. Right. Um, so not, um, 
well, I think we all know examples. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how much how much are you involved? Because we, when we get a little bit closer, we'll probably talk with the uh, folks at the university yes. on this because I know that the students are very much involved in putting that uh, in that on. Do you provide any uh, support behind the scenes for that or is it completely hands off? No, we do provide okay. support. So technical support, our technical staff, box office, we sell the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, the programming part we don't participate in. So yeah. the students are actually picking the comedians uh-huh. um, and they actually handle the artist hospitality too which is something what we usually do you know providing the meals right but it's to give the students that experience of Mm -hmm. promoting a show absolutely uh, absolutely so that is a a really cool event uh you've got uh and by the way speaking of university of finley events this is not happening at mcpa but uh it's actually the weinbrenner but you have the tickets on the website for the uh donnell broadway concert series yes with kate baldwin and that is also the end of the month the 28th 29th Mm -hmm. um and yes, that's at Weinbrenner, but we do sell the tickets. We tend to send, sell the tickets for all of the University of Finley theater okay. events. I just bring that up because I know that'll be something that people will hear about uh, coming up here. And if they're wondering where to get tickets, yes. you can get them yep. there at the that's Marathon us. Center website. Um, and then one other thing to mention uh, happening in January Still have time to get nominations in for the Wall of Fame. Yes. Yep. So we have a wall, if you haven't seen it, the fifth, third Wall of Fame right by our lounge there. And we honor folks from Finley or Hancock County that have made a significant contribution to the arts. That could be local. It could be your high school choir teacher. Mm-hmm. Or it could be Tony Winter like Gavin Creel. He's yeah. on there already. Um, so a lot of people from this area have made a significant national impact in the arts, mm-hmm. but also local as well. Yeah. Uh, and... The what's involved in the nomination process? Yeah, there's a form at mcpa.org. You go to the Wall of Fame and it's right there. And it just asks sort of what their history is, what their impact on the arts was. There's like a little personal statement. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fairly simple form. And then we have a committee that ranks them all and picks the top one or two to go on the wall. And we have the event is usually on May 3rd. Okay. Three day because it's fifth third bank. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) And but the nomination deadline is January 31st. Right. And that can all be done online anybody can nominate yep anybody can nominate okay uh and also just to sort of look ahead a little bit and we'll talk uh more uh when we get closer uh so next month but uh, fiddler on the roof is the next uh, big yes, main stage big series main show. stage show just got an email from the agent today with all the details um there are still some tickets left for that as well and my understanding is this is i mean a lot of folks have probably seen fiddler on the roof maybe you've done it in a high school production or a community <laughs> theater production uh did fiddler on the roof but uh this actually uh is a slightly more modern interpretation of that right so it's the most recent broadway production Mm -hmm. uh, and it was nominated for multiple tonys they incorporated a little of the yiddish um, okay so it's still the traditional show it's not like set in 1950 or anything like that Mm -hmm. but they're a little more um honoring the the root of the you know the origins of the musical and that history yeah, so uh, this is maybe a version that you haven't seen before. If you think, oh, Fiddler on the Roof, I've seen that, been there, done that. No, this right. is a little bit different, so it yeah. might be worth uh, checking out. Again, uh, tickets for all of those events are available right now, and all you have to do is go online, right? Yep, cpa.org. Very good. Again, Executive Director Heather Clo, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, with us this morning. Heather, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you.
And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. So check us out online. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we get more from CES 2023 in Las Vegas, plus a preview of this weekend's high school hoops action and more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. I'll catch you back here tomorrow.